Today, a special episode of Return to Reason, where knowledge and wisdom intersect. My guest today, Tasha Fishman, calls herself a regular mom who, after a lot of research, has now removed her kids from the formal education system and started unschooling, focused on core values and organically learning through life. Triggered by what she calls the COVID con, Tasha is a passionate freedom advocate who's on a mission to wake up fellow Canadians and raise awareness about manufactured division and the censorship of truth. Thanks for joining me, Tasha. Thanks for having me. Tell me a little about your wake-up moment or your awakening as a Canadian mother uh, when the pandemic hit. Well, it's, it's kind of a funny story because back in March of 2020, when the kids all came home, um, I think I was like a lot of parents, pretty concerned about what COVID was and, you know, trying to be careful and, you know, not sure what was coming our way. And um, I, this is a funny story because I'm so not conspiratorial by nature, but mm -hmm. I actually ended up starting and being a part of mask makers yyc when there was um there was no they were saying there was no ppe for uh doctors and nurses and so i came up with this idea to use our family business we had to lay off 60 people but i made a call out to the public to bring in fabric to all 10 of our locations and we would wash that fabric and we would have it we combined with another uh, company who cut the fabric and then we used our delivery vans to deliver it out to all these amazing volunteers who were sewing and making masks for the frontline workers so I ended up being on global and all the mainstream media sites and uh, that it just it's funny when I look back at that now so I mean I was in it to win it they said you know two weeks to flatten the curve and if you wear a mask and I wear a mask we'll protect everyone and it's going to be great so about week three something just didn't sit right you know something just didn't feel right and By a few people three. had yeah well after the two weeks when they didn't flatten the curve and i just something wasn't sitting right people were sending me um other information and i was looking into it and then you know the censorship started so i actually ended up i remember the very first thing that i shared and i posted on social media and it was of a politician in italy a woman who was speaking out uh about uh bill gates and um, Monsanto and Big Pharma and that they have conspired against crimes against humanity. And it really resonated with me because I was very aware of Monsanto and their past, not so much Bill Gates or any of the things that I know now. But anyway, so um, then it was fact checked. And I was like, what is this? And that just sent these alarms through me, right? And I started sharing with people, Facebook is fact-checking. What does this mean? They took off my video, you know? And it was scrubbed from the internet. And right immediately, I knew there was something wrong, right? I think, I think two years later, we're all navigating around censorship. Like it's a normal thing that we've accepted. Yeah. But it's, it's, you know, it's crazy. So that was one defining moment. And then I'd say about May 2020, I started doing a ton of research lots of research. And I remember the CEO for the Calgary Flames um, sending out an email and saying, you know, it's really sad that we have to shut down the season. But you know, when we all get together and we get when they find a vaccine, things will be great. That sent alarm bells off for me. I was like, okay, this is what it's about. They're going to try to vaccinate the planet. I just knew it. So I had a bit of a spiritual awakening, I feel like. And it just sent me down, you know, a plethora of rabbit holes in and out, in and out. And then uh, there was another defining moment, and that was a little bit later on when um, our 
Prime Minister Justin Trudeau was during his election campaign had said to the public that unvaccinated parents were a threat to not only their children, but ours. And that was the first time I think in my life I've ever felt terrified in our country and our great nation. And I knew immediately that there was more than meets the eye. It was evil. Like there, I could sense the evil behind this agenda immediately from that. So those are some big things, some big triggers. And it's definitely what inspired me to go to Ottawa for the, the freedom convoy. It's interesting the division that we see across our country. Is that shocking to you? Well, it's not shocking because I see that it's manufactured. It is the same ruling class elite families. If you do enough research to connect the dots, you'll find using the old, the oldest playbook in the world, the divide and conquer. Um, you know, they're they're implementing. They have an agenda, and this is how they do it. They get us to squabble about things that don't matter, divide us, demoralize us, and then we're easier or make the problem so big. You know, problem, reaction, solution. So um, it doesn't surprise me anymore. But so history answer, has seen this before. Absolutely, and once you see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah. And so then you think, okay, well, how are we going to? You know, we have to do the opposite of what they're saying. We have to come together, which is why they're trying to separate us. Let's switch lanes a little bit and talk to me about wokeism and their ideology. That has become a passion of yours. Um, what is wokeism for those who maybe still aren't uh, in the know of what's been happening with this? All of this, this COVID con really sent me down um, the, the research trails because I felt an immediate threat with my children that I needed to keep them home. And it wasn't because of the virus. It was because of the hysteria that they were going to be subjected to by, um, you know, people that were, you know, following the narrative and blowing this out of proportion. So um, what my research led was that there is also a dark agenda behind the public school system and compulsory school. And right now we see it playing out in pretty much three ways. There is the critical race theory, you know, shaming children for their race and holding them responsible for our past, which is in my opinion, ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Then there is, um, you know, confusion on gender, you know, and the 50 different pronouns that they have to learn and the real um, seed planting that's going on at such a young age um, regarding gender identity. And listen, I love my gay friends. I've met many trans people. We're all adults. You know, we are free to do uh, what we want to do as adults. But when it comes down to our children and government being involved in ideologies and pushing stuff, I mean, this is just exploded in the last five years. Yes, perhaps it's always been a thing, but now we're talking about, you know, unisex bathrooms and, um, you know, men are in women's sports. I mean, it's just blown right out of proportion. So, um, and then there, of course, the third one is to terrify our children about germs and, you know, convince them that they might kill grandma. It's, right. it's, it's that's what I what I see as wokeism and it's that virtue signaling left ideology. And then if you question it, you're considered a right wing extremist. Tell me a little bit about critical race theory, um, because I don't think people there, there's a lot of people that don't understand. Like as I'm interviewing different people across our country and around the world, um, there seems to be this group who do research. They're aware uh, but there's a vast percentage of people who just listen to mainstream media and feel like everything else 
is unimportant or not true. So when we talk about why we don't like uh, this critical race theory, why? Tell me from a mom's perspective and a school perspective. Well, Morgan Freeman talked about how you end racism was to stop talking about it. Um, and I find that, you know, really poignant. I'm not an expert on critical race theory, but I understand that to come from a place of apologizing for your whiteness or apologizing for being an unseated land or apologizing because you're a sill, whatever gender or single white, you know, Christian. And that's not me. I'm, I'm actually part black and I'm Jewish. Most people don't know that, but to me, it just creates more division. And then we are singling out different groups. And there's become this thing, I think, with kids, what I've noticed is that, you know, you know, school wasn't easy for any of us, right. And so now you've got you've planted these seeds where, well, it might be because of your race, and you might need to apologize for that. And maybe Johnny wants to wear a dress. And so when times get tough, you know, and now we're, we're, we're celebrating that. And I'm not saying that there's not legitimate children that, um, you know, um, well, we're talking about the transgender again, but um, that there are legitimate issues and that there's legitimate racism. But the, the, what they're doing is hijacking something and making it larger than it is. I'm not saying there's not racism in Canada, but to the proportion that they are um, alluding on mainstream media, it's, it's completely untrue. And they hide behind this in order to play on our emotions, to push in agendas, I think to divide the family, to divide the family unit, to divide further parents' authority over with their children. What I hear you saying is that we understand freedom and that we're saying to all the adults, yes, this is a free country, so we respect, we can still be friends, we can do business, and what you believe and what you do with your life is up to you, but you don't get to teach it to my kids. Right. Like who knows better than me? They're gaslighting us by trying to tell us that they know better. The government knows better. The curriculum knows better. My kids are nine and 11. They still sleep with stuffed toys. I am the best person to discern when and where they should learn about sexuality and genders. I talk about all different things on a need to know basis. Right. Who better than the mother yeah. or father? Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, parents are powerful and I think they use exceptions uh, where you have maybe parents who have been abusive, maybe they're just struggling with addictions or, or different things, and they'll use one really small percentage of cases and make it look as if all parents are like that. But you don't vote a government in because they're smarter than us. Exactly. That wasn't the reason we voted them in. Exactly, exactly. It's overreach. And it, that's a great example with Bill 15 going on in Quebec right now that, um, you know, they, they hide under the guise of what's in the best interest of the child. But really what we're doing is we're giving sweeping powers to our government to intervene. And look what they just did with the truckers convoy and the bank accounts, mm -hmm. right? Like, look at what they're doing with these emergency orders, which are still in place today. These are, these are people that we pay to make decisions that are representative of the people not take over and decide what's best for our children. And right. what slippery slope does that lead down? We're talking, now we're do, teaching critical race theory and gender identity, and you're not allowed to say anything as a parent. And the next thing it'll be vaccines. I mean, they're already coercing the kids with that. They're already telling the kids that how teaching them how to lie to your parents, if your parents are against vaccinating. So 
in my view, the, this, the public school system is free for a reason. If you want your child to end up like the government wants your child to end up, you should send them there. If you want them to be a critical free thinker, you better reevaluate because I, I see it as a threat. And I wasn't always awake to this. This is, like I said, May 2020 was the start of it. And now it's, I, I'm very confident that my kids will not be going back to school. What do you notice in the school system? Give me some specifics. What's been happening there? For those parents who maybe haven't checked into it, aren't, aren't aware, what's going on? Well, I don't, I don't really know because we've been out for two years. You know, I've, I've started and I've become an unschooling advocate and I took a year and a half long course under some mentorship on how to have harmony in my home with my kids at home and, and teach them from a place of um, core values that, that we embrace as a family. Um, but what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing is the, the three factors of this dark agenda. And if you, if you do enough research, you can kind of see that um, compulsory school has always been around to create compliance and obedience first and foremost over creativity and imagination. So um, to me, what's going on right now on a macro level with the, our governments, we are in an authoritative paradigm, an abusive relationship with our government. And I think school is the training camp, the indoctrination camp for that relationship. I think we're breaking free from that relationship. I think a lot of people are waking up because of what's going on. But to me, school has become the training center for that kind of relationship and ideology. When you take a look at schools, I've heard one person say, like, where do you go to fix this? Who actually is in charge? And there seems to be this nebulous thing of people writing textbooks, bringing instruction in, and you're going, who okayed this? Where did this come from? Yeah, yeah. It's been a long time coming. I can't remember exactly when Soji um, came into play. I, like I said, I wasn't really checking the school curriculum myself. I literally was the quintessential matrix mommy, just shipping them off on the bus and running around to activities. And until COVID came, I never stopped to really think about if there was an agenda at all and what they were really learning or what kind of learners they were. It's, um, it's, it's different now. I see, I see it all really clearly now. You know, we were talking a little earlier about division, and it's, it's amazing how polarized this is becoming. As you've been speaking out, have you found in your relationships around you um, <clears throat> things changing just because you have an opinion? Oh, 100%. But I've been at this for two years now, so I've pretty much lost everybody that was of any significance right off the bat, at least in the first six to eight months. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, taking on the board of the Jewish summer camps across Canada right now who are still enforcing the vax pass for our children, even though there's no provincial mandates. So uh, that, that was my community. I feel, um, you know, even last weekend, our family was the only one not invited to a big family bar mitzvah. So, you know, um, absolutely. But this is the rite of passage, so to speak, that we all have to walk through. It's walking through that initiation, the fire of no longer seeking self-approval. Um, and once you come to the other side, you will find your tribe of like-minded individuals. It's very painful to wake up to this. It's very painful to step out, be vocal, be brave, even when your voice shakes. But um, you know, I just feel like, you know, the people that stick around and they love you anyway are the ones that were always meant to be there and too bad for the other ones because now I'm surrounded by lions. 
I do not question myself. I do not feel fear at all. I have found my tribe and I feel protected and I feel supported. We were talking earlier about censorship. And the one thing I noticed was we live in a, in a world where you can check almost anything out if you'll just take the time to do your own research. Right. And I mean, we all don't have to agree with each other, but we should do our own research. And that's where I think a lot of people, like, don't be lazy. Don't be, uh, you know, then you don't have to agree with everything I just said, but then would you please check it out? See what people who have nothing to gain from this financially or votes or anything, what are they saying? These experts that are being dissed, like I'm talking to experts across the country and around the world, and to just speak up in their area of expertise has cost them their entire career over and over and over again. Yeah, and to me, those are exactly the people that we need to be following. Yes. The people that have risked everything, you know, um, it's uh, it's incredible, the censorship and what they've lost. First of all, people need to stop watching mainstream media. And anything that's censored is exactly the information that you should know. And you should be thinking and starting to get aggravated if you aren't outraged already by the fact that our government, big tech, and our health ministries have conspired to let us know only certain parts of information, like as if we're their children and we can't handle and make our own decisions. More importantly, we as a society need to get back to discernment. We need to start critically thinking. Now, whether you're a faith-based person or not, there is an ability to sense truth. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a vibration. It's something yeah. you feel. It's not just something you hear. We have to start to wake up and stop following orders like we were all trained and indoctrinated to do in school. <laughs> you know, an old proverb says, and I, and I love this one, that for wisdom, the first person always sounds right until you allow someone with a, the opposite view to speak. Mm -hmm. It's true in court and it's true for anything where you've got censorship. And if true wisdom is somewhere, then more information will simply ratify the good point. It will actually make the point that the leader is doing. So you're right, censorship, it's evil, incredibly evil. It is, it yeah. is, it is. And when you find out the agenda behind it, um, you know, when you get into the, the digital ID and you understand the same players and the swamp is deep, uh, World Economic Forum, that a lot of these players on the world stage have been groomed since childhood, the schools they went to, the young leaders, um, all of these things run by the same people. It's a very small, small percentage of people that are ruling the world that we've allowed to do that. They own 95% of everything, but it's time for us as the people to wake up and take our power back. So when you use the word elites, what do you mean? Well, I mean, the elite ruling class families that pass on their wealth from generation to generation. There's really, if you, you know, you have to do your own research, like I said, but there's about, you know, 13 of them, like whether in Canada, I don't want to say names. I think people should, right. I'm going to encourage them to go do their own research, mm -hmm. but it's the same six companies who own all the media in the world. You know, everything leads back to BlackRock and Vanguard and, and a few other companies. And you, and you kind of, you can, you can figure it out. I mean, it really is 
all there in plain sight. I do understand and have deep compassion for why people want to label things a conspiracy because they just can't fathom that this could be orchestrated strategically like this over the entire planet. But with, I, I think these people have been at it for decades. I think this has been planned for a very, very long time. I think the only good thing I've noticed out of uh, all that is taking place is that a lot of the designs that people have that were underground have all come above ground. And people who first begin to look into it, they get, I talk to people who are so overwhelmed, everything is done, everything is over, the world is finished. Um, and I'm saying those people were always there. This didn't just start. Um, yeah. You know, whatever you want to investigate, it's been around. And so there are groups that are saying things out in public and people are aghast at it. And you're going, well, do something about it. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I agree with the thought that to be censored is to lose freedom because freedom <laughs> is to make your own decisions. It's one mm -hmm. of the descriptions for me of freedom that I'd like to make my decisions about what I do with my body, my future, my kids, etc. And once you withhold freedom, you have become evil in my sight. You're doing something uh, that you want done that is just going to bring pain and heartache. And when you look at people across Canada, I'm noticing more and more people in my world that they're hearing others. It's like the percentage is growing of people who are becoming informed. Because at first, everybody's a crackpot. At first, everybody's a conspiracy theorist. But as more and more people use their social media platforms, as they begin to see some of the horrors that even make mainstream TV, I think more and more people, are you noticing that now that more and more people are, are getting this? Oh, a hundred percent. It's, and it's really, it's great to see. I, unfortunately right now in this moment, I see a lot of apathy and people wanting to hide behind uh, spring and summer and hoping it's going to be over and just hoping yeah. for the best um, in the fall when, and they're just wanting to forget they have COVID fatigue, which I totally understand, but this is actually not the time to retreat. This is no. the time to keep our foot on the gas. We have to, we have to get back to that. And listen, people perish, uh, for a lack of knowledge. That's my belief. And, yeah. you know, you can su suppress, squash, censor, deplatform truth, but at the end of the day, it's holy, it will prevail and it will come out. And it's just a matter of time. So I encourage people to not only do their own research and to get off mainstream media, but to be engaged, find their, their local, you know, freedom movement, find a, an organization. There's, there's tons of them. There might be even too many of them. We need to all really amalgamate, but find um, people that you respect that are speaking out and that have paved the way for you and become engaged. Don't just sit around and think this isn't coming to your front door. Don't just wait for me to do it or for you, Leon, to do it or for the people that you're watching um, on alternative truth platforms to do it. Wake up your 100 people. We all have the capability of using our voice, standing in our sovereignty and speaking our truth and saying enough enough. Yeah. If, if people do not begin to learn and develop this, uh, you can't hang on to freedom. Like we talk about freedom. Well, we need watchmen on the wall. We're the true North strong and free, but we're supposed to stand on guard. And mm. I think one of the wake up lessons for many of us is that apathy is the biggest issue and people are, would still love to go back to that. But for the rest of our lives, I feel there's a, a lot of people who need to re-educate 
the population as to what does manipulation look like? What is bad leadership? What is good leadership? What kind of leadership brings freedom? And, you know, and what are the, the, the buttons to look for? Like censorship is an instant giveaway. It's Absolutely. almost like they need to just go learn what good leadership looks like. Servant leadership, not, you know, becoming a despot, uh, you know, in, in, in all these areas. And I think that's what you're doing. Tell me a little bit about what you're doing and maybe some of the programs that you look to. You're a part of what organizations? So I'm a, I sit on the board of directors for Taking Back Our Freedoms. Um, it's a nonprofit organization that wants to unite uh, vaxxed and unvaxxed individuals to seek the truth and the mandates. Uh, one of our phase two initiatives is to um, start public inquiries within the country, province to province. We're still mapping out how that's going to look, but we have an extraordinary board of directors and board of advisors everywhere from Dr. Paul Alexander to um, Danny Bulfort, who is the, the corporal, the ex-sniper for Trudeau. We have um, Brian Dennison from the police. So we have, and we have scientists, you know, people that have actually been working boots on the ground with COVID and can read data and can tell us the science. And so we've all come together. Um, yeah, to, to, this is the fight of our lives. This is, uh, this yes. is it. Yeah. What, what is the, this, the, the saying, we're not free till we're all free. What does that mean to you? Yeah. So I say that often because, you know, Canadians are sleeping at the wheel, as we just said, you know, they are not understanding that 7 million of their brothers and sisters are not allowed to board a train or a ship or a plane. You know, I'm here in Alberta, usually I'm in BC and my 86 year old grandma's in Halifax. And if she turns the corner for the worst, how am I going to get out there? Now that's just one story. Um, but I mean, there's more devastating stories than that, but there's no science behind this. These are punitive mandates and Canadians need to wake up because it's that old saying, like they came for the blacks then they came for the Jews and they came for the disabled and I didn't say anything. And then when it was my turn and they came for me, there was no one there to speak. It is time to rise up. You need to stand for your brothers and sisters in this great nation right now, because we are the only country that has this mandate. And we, plus the Netherlands, have been accepted as a test pilot for this digital ID. They are watching us, and I, I don't know when these are going to end, but, but we are the test case. Digital ID. Um, tell us just a quickly about it. Why is this so evil? Why is this so wrong? Because people just kind of go, oh, what's wrong with that? It's, it's easier for us to get around and, and use our IDs. Yes, because everything's hijacked on convenience, right? We all think it's so convenient. Oh, the cell phone, everything's so convenient, right? We'll just take it. Oh, yeah, I'll just do these updates. Oh, oh, they're going to give me COVID exposures. Oh, every time I plug in my phone, great. It's just so convenient. But really, we have to start looking further behind this. This digital ID is set up to be a social credit system. If you want to know how the ruling elite families want the West to look, take a look at China right now. That's what's going on here. And the biggest example of why we don't want to accept digital ID is after the truckers convoy and to see how they were able to seize people's bank accounts. And in the meantime, since the truckers convoy, Ontario has put in Bill 100, which allows them anyone they deem blocking infrastructure, which, by the way, we never were, but they can say whatever they want and they can seemingly change past laws that suit them. So anybody who's doing that and that could be protesting. There's an injunction right now for protesting and honking in Calgary. You can have your house seized there. It's, it's giving the government these emergency sweeping powers. It, it's a it's a very 
quick walk to tyranny and communism, in my opinion. Yeah, so you're saying, I'm hearing it very loud and clear, do your research, it's not hard. Listen to the experts that are out there and not just mainstream media. I mean, you know, I'm just gonna say to all the women who are watching that history shows us when the women start getting upset, things happen. And, mm. uh, and so I wanna just encourage everyone, of course, but when you start messing with kids, when you start messing with some of the things that are going on, we all need to wake up. And uh, well, thank you for being with us, Tasha. This has been a, a great interview. Thank you. Wonderful, thank you for having me. Return to Reason is supported by our fans. We are not handcuffed by advertisers or shareholders. The need for media with integrity is more important than ever. Consider becoming a partner and fueling the unheard truth by visiting returntoreason.tv.